Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Back in the jungle, JT coming off the 4th of July. Good to have everybody as I'm in for Jim. Jim's on vacation. I'm in for today after being in a couple of days ago. And then I bolt back and drive to Las Vegas, my home, and get ready for NBA Summer League which is going to be really good with Wembayana and all the young players in the NBA. Happy about that. I will dive from a, this beautiful weather in Southern California into 109 over 110 in Vegas. A great trip out here. I've had a phenomenal time. It was great to go to the Padre Angels game. I'll get to that in a minute. The weather dip, uh, being out on the water, playing golf, and living that San Diego lifestyle from Encinitas to downtown to the fireworks, which I'll get to, to everything that's happening. Great to be back in Southern California where I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years and good to just be back in this region coming out of the heat and coming here for what should be a great couple of days. And I'll be back in August for three shows, so I'm really excited about that. We got a lot to do today. We got three great guests. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox will join us in a little bit. He covers NASCAR, baseball. He was actually on the broadcast, the pregame, the night Trout got hurt uh, down in San Diego. We'll jump into that. Olden Polonies, one of my favorite guests on any platform. The 15 former year big man in the NBA. One of the most opinionated uh, analysts in the NBA. He's fantastic. We'll get into NBA free agency with him, the teams that improved or not. And then Damon Bruce, the sports talk host up in San Francisco, who will bring lightning into this show a little bit later on from the A's potential move to Vegas, San Francisco Giants baseball, and what what the Niners can do this year. Do the Niners have the best roster in all of the NFL? Also this hour, I do it every year. As we start July, I'll get into my NFL season win totals, which I'm excited about because if you're going to bet the NFL and you want to get some value, you might not want to park your money for months on end. You want you don't want to park that money, you get no return on it to the end of the year. But these season win totals are completely out of whack. You can get value, you can jump on it, maybe make a bet, put a little bit of your total money, your handle into it now, save it for a rainy day, and I think cash a couple of easy tickets. So I'll talk about that as we get rolling here. We came off the Smack Off recap show. Really happy about that. Great feedback. We played a chunk of some of the calls there. We talked about you know, the scoring with the smack off, everything that happened here, the winner, Mark in Boston. Uh, no clones. I don't watch every second of the show. I don't know every name of every caller, but I listened a few times. We recapped it. We did it for the first time in the studio immediately following the smack off. And maybe you listened to it again yesterday on July 4th as they went back and took another look at the smack off. I won the first one. Next year will be the 30th. So let that come into play. The first one to the 30th, all the great callers in between, all the letdowns, all the high moments. I think I was talking to the XR4TI, the guys here. It's going to be a big year for countdown for this smack-off coming up because it's number 30. And believe me, if you didn't win number one, you want to win 30. You want to bookend it with me, get it done if you can, and you never know. You never know, wink, wink, who might show up for 30 who hasn't shown up before. All right, let me begin with Mike Trout. No team in baseball has worse luck than the Angels. So I went to the game on Monday. I got a lot to say about this. First off, I'm not the guy on holiday radio who likes to do your favorite ballpark food. What's your favorite ballpark? But I'll bend a little bit because I just came from Petco Park in San Diego, which I might move from top three to number one. 
I think San Francisco with the Giants have maybe the best built ballpark because you can do things on the outfield wall. You can have a beer. You can stand there, have a great time, watch the game from all angles. San Diego has one of the most vibrant crowds outside their venue than anywhere in baseball. I'm from New York. I'm a Yankee fan. Other than stands, a great Yankee bar, it's a dump. When you get off the train, you're in the Bronx. Worst is even the Mets in Queens. Can you believe the Mets don't have a developed area with steakhouses and bars and all unique places to stay for Mets fans? It's an absolute dump. City Field is beautiful, but there's no atmosphere in Astoria, Queens, uh, right there around Flushing where you can enjoy it heading into a Met game. Wow, San Diego on steroids for this series. First off, the Angels, I don't know if the Angel fans travel well, but they traveled well to this series. There were Angel fans all over the place. Padres clearly the home stadium advantage there, but I saw a lot of Angels fans in and around the gas lamp, and they came down there for a holiday weekend to see some good baseball, to see Otani pitch, Rendon, and Trout. So I go to the first game of the series, and thanks to the Padres, we were sitting pretty close. We had a great setup. bunch of buddies came with me. My son was with me at the game. Great going to the ballpark with my kid. That was great. And all of a sudden, Mike Trout, when this game was kind of out of reach, comes to the plate. And I'm, tell- I'm not staying to the end of this game. I'm not staying to the ninth there. If it's a Yankee game, I don't leave games typically early, but I was ready to roll and get back into the festivities over that weekend there. Trout comes to the plate in a routine at bat, and this happens. As they feel like their Padres are in control. Trout just missed. You see him kind of reach on that lower back there. That was interesting. That, now Trout. Hand hand or finger. Or hand or finger. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's pointing his wrist now. Reach back towards his back. You worry about those big swings, but seem to be pointing at that left hand wrist area. Biggest thing for Trout has been staying healthy, right? I mean, he's as good as it gets. There have been little pockets where he got injured for a few years. He was talking about changing his diet, has cut out sugar over the last few years, stopped drinking soda. He was a soda and wings guy for a long time. And obviously when you're a young man and an athlete, you can eat whatever the heck you want. But as Trout has gotten a little older and trying to stay healthy, he's changed up the diet. But... So right at that moment, the Angels season is toast. That's it. Done. Finito. Not coming back. I'll get to Otani in a second and Rendon, but that was about it. I couldn't believe this could happen to Mike Trout. At one point in Trout's early career, he had a chance to be Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle in that zone. Maybe not the greatest player of all time, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, status, Henry Aaron, but in the conversation. Now the guy can't stay healthy, and most of these injuries are flukes. It's a fluke when you slide into second base and jam your wrist. It's a fluke when you hit a foul ball and you injure your hand. It's not like he got drilled on the hand by a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. He just took a routine swing, and now he's going to be out, and he's on the, the injury list. And then we saw the Rendon injury where the next day Rendon's in the batter's box and he gets, hits a foul ball off his leg and it looked violent. He could not continue his at-bat. And he's a very good player. He hasn't lived up to the potential that he should in Anaheim, but a great player, especially if, with healthy, if healthy going into the postseason. So he gets injured in the batter's box on a foul ball. Trout gets injured swinging at a pitch that's a foul ball. And then Otani gets a blister. He doesn't get hit by a pitch. He doesn't get injured running the bases. He just looks at his finger, and they take him out of the game. 
I cannot believe what I saw in San Diego here over the last couple of days. So now we have one of the biggest topics in all of sports talk radio. Move Otani or not. It's a massive topic. It's going to take the depth of the clones to dive into this and really look at this. And again, I don't make fun of injuries. We're not here to mock these injuries, but we're here to debate it and talk about what to do. So depending on where Trout comes back, and because Rendon's going to be okay, we believe, but Trout here, this bad injury luck continues for him. Don't know. He said, and he said it could be a four-week injury. It could be longer than that. But what's your hand and you're a big hitter like that. You play the field. That could derail him here. I hope he comes back. want to see that guy play. But it leads me to Otani. Now Otani not pitching in the All-Star game because of this blister. The issues around him. Otani's got to play and carry the team. And I believe Otani can carry the team. But as I'm talking angels here in Southern California today with Otani, might be the greatest player of all time when it's all said and done. The angels don't move the needle in Southern California, let alone in the Midwest, back East, or anywhere. So this becomes a decision for the angels and Artie Moreno, who's leaving ownership here eventually. Otani, who's definitely leaving the organization because they don't have the money to pay for him and there's not enough eyeballs watching him. What do you do? What do you do here? You got to assume that Rendon's back. You got to hope, right? Hope and change. You got to hope that Trout's going to come back. And you got to hope that Otani's going to stay healthy. And we'll assume he is there. But can they make a run? We saw the third wild card. We saw San Francisco with Bochi win a World Series coming off the wild card. We saw Philadelphia last year, terrible most of the year, come in and go to the World Series as the third wild card. As I sit here today, Without Trout, and if Trout's done for the year, which I hope isn't the case, uh, the Angels don't make the playoffs, and I don't think they make the playoffs as a wild card. I, I really don't believe they do. If he comes back healthy with a couple of weeks to go, a month to go, I think they got a pretty good shot here because they're out of the wild card here by four games, and they're going to need to go on a run just to make the third wild card. So the question becomes, what do you do with Otani? Let me go first before we hear from you you got to get rid of him at the trade deadline and restock the franchise. You have to reload the franchise. But the problem is Otani would be a rental for any team that he doesn't sign with long-term. So the Angels got to make a decision to negotiate exclusively with the Yankees, obviously the Dodgers, and maybe the Giants or Seattle, up a gateway to the Pacific Rim team there. I don't think he's going to go to Texas. I don't think he's going to go to Miami or Tampa. I don't think he's going to go to the Cubs. I don't think he's going to go to the Midwest. And with the trade deadline coming on August 1st, a big decision has to be made now. What would you do if you were in the situation here to rebuild the team or let Otani play the rest of the year, give him a send-off, pretend that you're trying to sign him, give him a good offer to sign him, and try to take a shot at being that wild card team that can win a World Series. I think that's a really big topic any time of the year heading into August 1st. And I would love nothing more than to tra- for Trout to come back sooner than later. Rendon's going to be fine, but he's going to be sore and injured for a little bit. Give Otani one shot to get this team through mid to end of July as we're in early July, and see if they got an outside chance to come in. Because if they do make the playoffs and Otani's pitching and he's leading off a series and you can pitch him twice in a short series and Trout's back to 100%, I hope he is, and Rendon gets hot in the playoffs with the rest of that lineup, which isn't great, but it isn't terrible. 
All of a sudden, you look at what the Angels have in their pitching compared to the Dodgers. The Dodgers lose another starting pitcher to a season-ending injury. Would you let the Angels play with house money and have an opportunity to go for a playoff run, or would you shut this down right now and start marketing and moving Otani to one of the big three? Because you can't move Otani to most of the teams in baseball. Most of the teams in baseball can't afford him. I heard some knucklehead say on TV the other day that Otani's worth $700 million in a contract. He's not going to get $700 million in a contract. He's not one of the elite pitchers of all time. He's very good. He's not a 25-3 and three guy, not 23-6 and six guy. He's not that type of guy, but he's great, and he could be the best power hitter in baseball by the end of the year. So the team that negotiates with Otani's got to start off at about 500 to 550 million on a long-term deal, and they got to step up right out of the gate and give them that deal, no trade clause. Aaron Judge up to 360 million. You can't double that because if he gets injured, you can't be on the hook for 700 million. You're a pitcher. You could get Tommy John. You could have a rotator cuff. You could be done, and you can't hit when you have the Tommy John. You're not going to be in the batter's box. So you can't give them, I think, 600 or 700 million. But can you get close to 600 million? And can the Yankees do that with Garrett Cole? They got that Stanton contract, which is an albatross. They just paid Judge. The Yankees can manipulate that type of contract because money's no option. I've said this from the beginning. Otani's going to be a Dodger. He'll stay in this region here, which he likes. Go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers pitching is a mess. The Dodgers, probably the best payroll team in baseball. Mookie Betts, a very good team. Isn't as good as when they were a couple of years ago when they won the title. They're pitching is a little bit above average at best, and Otani with the Dodgers would set up the Dodgers having a World Series run every year for the next five, six, seven, eight years. So why not start that now? I know the Angel, the Angel fans are going to be furious about this, but I'd like to hear from a couple of Angels fans if you want to jump in on the phones, 800-636-8686, because there's not a lot of Angels fans listening to New York, Philly, Boston today. But in those big markets, if you want Otani – a good topic today on July 5th. What would you pay? Who would you give up for? Because if you go get him and he's a rental and then you don't get to keep him and you give away four picks and, you know, some prospects or two picks and prospects and a good player or two, Otani leaves to the Yankees and Dodgers, you get nothing in return. This is what I love about baseball. Are you all in or not? All of the leagues in professional sports are so lame now with these expanded wild cards, everybody makes the playoffs. The NBA has a play-in tournament. Right? Baseball has three wild cards. When you add this many layers of playoffs, then everybody can make the playoffs. So you can stay right up to the trade deadline. And I think that's what's going to be the quandary for the Angels going forward is what we do. You know, back to that ballpark in San Diego. You know, over the years when I, I watched Tony Gwynn a lot. Uh, the year I won the smack off and in the 90s when I moved out here, I was a stockbroker in New York and I transferred out here and started calling into a lot of shows, including Jim's show. And San Diego had Tony Gwynn. And I'd go out to Qualcomm, Jack Murphy Stadium at the time. And every time I saw him play, he went two for four or three for four with two doubles and a hit. It was remarkable. I never saw a player get so many hits every time I went to a game. And sometimes they packed it out, but not often, especially the year they went to the World Series and lost to the Yankees. They had big crowds. But walking through Petco Park, on Monday and seeing the volume of their fans in the outfield. They have a spot in the outfield where you could buy a cheaper ticket and drink beer and sit on the lawn. 
you couldn't move walking through there. Every concourse was packed. And this is one of the most disappointing teams in all of baseball. I mean, you look at the National League here as I look at the wild card, and the Padres are six out. I mean, if the playoffs started today, the wild card would be the Marlins, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Giants, the Brewers, the Pirates, then the Padres. So the Padres have to go on this incredible run. Uh, They're going to try to win this series, sweep this series against the Angels a little bit later on today. I think they're a team that's emerging right now. I think the Padres, I was in the ballpark when they woke up and could get going here. If they win this, they get a sweep. I think the Padres heading into the All-Star game can get a couple of wins and get this thing rolling and start moving in the right direction. Uh, What the Yankees are doing now, the Dodgers with that injury, which I'll get to a little bit later on in the show, this is moving time for baseball teams. Teams got to decide here in the next couple of weeks, are you in or you're out? And a lot of teams are going to tank this year and try to bail. And that leads me to the Oakland Athletics, who we'll get into with Damon Bruce. They have no players to trade. They don't even have a AAA team. The AAA team for the Oakland A's resides about a mile from my house in Summerlin, Nevada. I'm telling you, if you put the AAA Aviators, Las Vegas Aviators, up against the parent team in a three-game series, the Aviators, I'm dead serious, would win two out of three, three out of four. So there are some teams that aren't going to be, be able to make many moves because they don't have many players, let alone the farm system, to rebuild. Oh, also one more team I'd like to get into, the Mets. Let's try to get the Mets fans going today. Let's wake up the Mets fans today who are listening to the jungle. What do the Mets need to do to save their season? Because you want to talk about another team. The Mets trail the Padres who they're playing. The Mets are almost out of this thing. They're six and a half out of the wild card. And the Mets need to uh, decide if they're going to fire Buck Showalter or make a massive move. Could the Mets be in the market for Otani? Steve Cohen claims to be this multi-billionaire. Where's his money to go do this? After paying Verlander and Scherzer, he'd obviously have to move one of them. He'd have to move one of them and maybe a player to go do the deal. But I'm jumping into Otani right out of the gate. NBA free agency. We're hoping for some good luck today. As we were saying last year when I was here, the Durant move went down. And there were fireworks going off here in the studio. We're hoping for one of two moves that are left in NBA free agency. Where is Damian Lillard going to go? And what about James Harden? I, I think when you look at these two players, they're night and day. Lillard is a loyal guy, super loyal, would never want to leave Portland, but he knows Portland can't get the players to help him win. So he's finally giving up on Portland and open to go to Miami And then James Harden is just a terrible teammate. He'll go anywhere, any year. He's never happy. And he did this from Houston all the way to Brooklyn. Now he wants out of Philadelphia. And I think what I've noticed over the last couple of days, and if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. I think Philadelphia is going to really put Harden through a tough time here. They're going to make it difficult on Harden because it seems like the only buyer for James Harden right now is the Los Angeles Clippers. And you only go to the Clippers if you want your career to die. If you want your career to die, you go to two places, the Clippers and the Cleveland Browns. If you want, you look at your wife, you look at your kids and go, hey, man, I'm getting more money. We're getting more money. It's going to be unbelievable. But I'll have no legacy and my career is going to die and I'm never going to play in a game that matters. It's the Clippers and the Cleveland Browns. So if James Harden goes to the Clippers, I feel like I'm the only one on radio talking about this. Who thinks that Harden's going to be happy with the Clippers as they sublease Staples Center or the Crypto or the Crypt before they build the new stadium? Who thinks he's going to be happy playing in that environment? 
with the guys they have there who are load management kings. I don't think he's going to like it there. I think staying in Philadelphia for Harden, and he's kind of playing his cards already. It doesn't look good, the situation he's in. He's played his cards already. I think staying in Philadelphia with Maxi, Harris, and especially the MVP, how do you not stay with the MVP? But we're talking about a guy in Harden who left one of the greatest players of all time, Durant, and couldn't stay there and tough it out in Brooklyn and have an opportunity to win. Those are only two of the topics I'm getting to. Oh, Joey Chestnut not when we come back. Let's hear about this. Was that the greatest, not total, win total, but the greatest walkout, walk up to the mic performance in professional eating history? 800-636-8686. Let's wake up the clones. Let's get everybody going. This isn't a podcast. This is a live radio show. JT in for Jim Rome inside the jungle. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? JT, back with you. We'll have Chris Myers. This is Pacific time at 10 a.m. Damon Bruce, 10.30 a.m. And Olden Polonese at 11.20 as I'm here. Thanks to the XR4TI, the whole crew. Thanks to Jim for having me in. I'll be back for three shows in August. And I'll let you know about that via Twitter, at JTTheBrick, at Jim Rome. Tweets are coming in. We'll read a couple of them. This is not the smack off, so you can call in. Now, not, not in fear that you're going to get run with the greatest call of your life. There's a couple of easy topics we can talk about. NBA free agency. Where does Dame end up going? Where would you put Harden? This is what I want to hear from callers today. If you get in and you want to talk about this, would you do what I do? Put Harden in the penalty box. Tell Harden, I'm not doing anything to make this easy on you. Okay, you're a member of the Philadelphia Sixers. We don't have to do anything for you. Okay, we're not going to make it easy. And Dame, you want to make it easy for him because a lot of people get into this topic. No one's going to go play in Portland right now. And I don't want to get any Portland smack back. But that city has deteriorated like a few major cities in America the last few years or so. You know it. I just said it. And don't tell me that NBA players are looking to move their family to live in Portland after what they've seen on the news the last four or five years. Okay? It's not a political show. We only talk sports here, but you know what I'm saying on that. A lot of guys aren't lining up to go to Portland. So why do you got to placate and why do you got to hope that Damian Lillard likes to deal? Because if you don't take care of him on the way out, after what a great player he is, future Hall of Famer, then other players around the league are going to say, they did Dame dirty in Portland. They sent him to New Orleans. They sent him uh, to a market he didn't want to go to. I'm not going to go there. Or you could look at it the other way. They're not getting anyone to begin with. 
no free agents are going there to begin with. So why not make the best deal possible, which would be draft picks? You got to get a lot in return when it comes to draft equity, a couple of players. And I think that's what Miami's waiting on. Miami could get rid of Tyler Hero. They can get rid of Duncan Robinson, those type of players. But they want to hold on to their picks. And how many picks does Portland want in return? So we'll get into that. Uh, I want to touch on Joey Chestnut. Now, this is an event I don't watch every year. For me, it's not must-see TV, but it is for a lot of clones. A lot of clones want to watch this hot dog eating contest. They want to get into it. I get it. But the reason I watched it was because of Twitter. I'm hanging out. I'm having a great time down in San Diego. I look at my phone on Twitter, as I always do, which is a sewer and not where you should be on your holiday is looking at Twitter ever. You should deactivate it when you go on holidays. Can't wait till they put that button in. Alvin, when they have that thing where you can turn Twitter off over the holidays and turn it back on. So I'm looking at it, and I see the fact that they're canceling it. The women competed, and the men, it was just pouring buckets. So instead of looking at that, I started ripping on my friends back east who wait around all summer for good weather, and it's pouring on them going, are you serious? This is happening on your July 4th. And then all of a sudden, I see on Twitter that Joey wants to compete. And Joey's telling everybody, is that a locker room? Where do you call the place where all the hot dog eating people hang out? Is it a clubhouse? It is a locker room? It's, I think it's more of a green room. So they're all hanging out in the green room, and reports are, and this is leg- legendary. They're going to do a 30 for 30 on this. Everybody's looking around, and Joey's going, you're not going anywhere. Now, this is why it's a compelling story. Everybody else knew that they were going to get their ass kicked by Joey. So if they canceled it, it didn't matter. They're down at the boardwalk. They can go out. They can do things. They didn't have to shove 45 hot dogs in their mouth and lose, including buns, just to lose. So that thing was canceled. It was done. And Joey told everybody, don't put your clothes back on. Keep your smock on that says how many you've eaten in your career. And we're going out there. And he did that walk out. And the crowd went crazy. And it was over right there. It was over. It was like Ali coming out or Tyson back in the day when he had no shirt on. Remember, he'd just come out with no shirt. The fight was over. Joey walks out and says, we're going to do this. He didn't set a record, but he ended up winning going away. Here's how it sounded. Where he looks like he's got fourth. Here's the count. Five, four, three, two, one. Put down your hot dog. With 62 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes, for his 16th win, I give you the number one ranked eater in the world, Joey Chestnut! Courtesy of ESPN on the call there. So he is the greatest competitive eater of all time, but he added to his legacy with the walk-up or walk-out call where he intimidated everybody. Now, 62, that number now means to me Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is, by the way, the all-time home run king because Bonds aggressively cheated, aggressively cheated on steroids. If you didn't read the book, I read Game, you know, Game of Shadows twice, so that's no debate. And Sosa and McGuire cheated with steroids. Judge did not. So I have the home run number at 62, and Joey's at 62 now. Easy to remember, but that wasn't his all-time record. He won it, won the money, got another belt, or should I say strap? I got some heat recapping the smack-off guys when people didn't think I knew what a strap meant. I knew what a strap meant. I just said king of smack is how I remember winning, but he's got now another strap, the greatest of all time, and I thought that that added to his legacy. See, I'm a legacy guy. When I look at sports, I care about rings and legacy. 
And for Joey Chestnut, I don't follow competitive eating competitions, but his legacy took a jump up in a huge way because of the way he made everybody participate. That was epic. That was a legendary moment. That was, are you ready for this? A Mount Rushmore moment, Alvy. A Mount Rushmore moment for this man who's got all the records you could ever have in this. And that was fantastic. If you went to that, let, let me know about it. Tell me if you went and you got a chance to see it up close if you didn't get rained away. 800-636-8686. Some reaction on Twitter. JT, Petco is the best right in the middle of everything. Such a fun atmosphere. Forget just MLB. Not sure how many sports stadiums have what we have in San Diego. I would say close to none. I, I'm going to have, a, I think, a really good comparison between San Diego's ballpark and Oakland's. You don't want to miss that. I might save it for Damon Bruce. Imagine going to a Padre game and wanting to be entertained and look at the sights and look at what's around you compared to Oakland inside the Coliseum parking lot. I'll get to that. Oh, this is a good one. Brick, what the hell's going on with the Globe in Vegas? Oh, the A's there. The Globe is the sphere. And the sphere is opening up in October. It's going to be the residency of the great band U2. So U2 is going to play at the sphere and open it up. And it's a giant globe in the heart of Vegas. And they debuted their fireworks last night. So on the screen, the globe was just covered with the American flag and fireworks. And everybody in Vegas, I'm driving back today, is freaking out about it. Because this thing's like a couple billion in overruns. To build the Legion Stadium in Vegas on time and on budget... Congrats to Mark Davis, 1.9 billion. The sphere is at three to four billion reports are. And owned by James Dolan, who's gonna have to break up every asset he has to finish this thing, but it's gonna be epic. You'll never see a concert anywhere in your life close to the sphere. So when your band goes there, so just in a couple of years, you have a Legion Stadium that opened up. You're gonna have the F1 race coming up in November. The F1 is gonna race at night in Vegas, and then you have the opening of the Sphere, which is going to be really good. So I'm excited about that. And one more. Uh, this one comes in from Dan and Corvallis. JT, I'm so over the Dame talk. Now that he finally asked for a trade, can we just get on with it? Been dragging for years. Will he or won't he? He finally asked out, so get him out. It's exhausting. You know, I don't think he's as exhausting as Kyrie Irving and James Harden. That's the point I'm trying to make here. The exhausting players, I am not a proponent of uh, players saying that they can do whatever they want. I'm not a fan of that. I think the players should have to stay in their lane. I'm not the guy just saying shut up and dribble. I would never do that. But I am not in favor of player empowerment. Let me repeat that again. I don't think players in any sport should be able to hold the owner and the fans hostage by saying I will do this or I will do that. Once they do this, I'd put them in, you know, timeout in the corner and I'd make it difficult on them. But Portland's on a tightrope. I mean, how's this franchise ever going to win? How is New Orleans, Memphis, Portland, and some of these smaller markets ever going to win if no one wants to come? The best example of a team that's in a smaller market that turned it around is obviously Milwaukee. Milwaukee got Giannis. They got lucky and got Giannis. And now I think some free agents want to win with Giannis. And maybe that'll happen again in San Antonio with Victor Wembayana. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, Chris Myers, Damon Bruce at the bottom of the next hour. And I'm, I'm excited to get into my NFL season win totals. I'll have every team, your team, over, under, coming up next. Call your bookie or get to your app, which you haven't paid off in a while, and I'll give you some winners coming up next. Peter Swartz coming up here. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you 
person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. JT, back with you. Follow me at JT the Brick. A weekday show on Raider Nation Radio in Vegas. Also on Mad Dog Sports Radio, the podcast, JT and Looney. With JT and Looney, wherever you download your podcast. It's time to ask the pros. Were you the clones? Ask me a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Submit your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. In a moment here, my NFL season win totals. Some reaction coming in early. If you want to get in via Twitter, we have both accounts open, at Jim Rome, at JT the Brick. This is from Rick in Buffalo. Joey Chestnut took down 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Please, Jeff from Richmond's mom. So we hear from him right out of the gate. Uh, yes, he put that in there too, but I didn't pronounce it right. Let's get to some reaction. JT, we think baseball in Vegas is a great idea. Regards Stucknut Speed Dating Night. War Jeff and Richmond being the Otani of professional eating. So a little Jeff and Richmond smack coming at us earlier today. We appreciate that. Uh, JT, the Mets are the biggest crap show in New York right now, just behind me. Signed Joey Chestnut's toilet. We didn't have to go there. Uh, JT, we heard you say two teams have no chance. The Clippers and the Browns don't forget us regards the Arizona Cardinals. And that's where I'll start off. These are my season win totals. They can only change if a quarterback gets injured in training camp or the preseason. That's my only disclaimer I put in there. If a quarterback goes down, we could change it. We start with Arizona. Over, under, five and a half. Take the under. No Kyler Murray till the midseason, if not earlier. They were a four-win team last year. They're worse this year. The franchise is in chaos. The Atlanta Falcons, a popular pick for popular people. A season win total is eight, which means they have to win nine. No shot. Atlanta under the win total there. We move to the Baltimore Ravens. This one's interesting. Started in March at eight and a half. It's at nine and a half. You got to win ten. The over minus one thirty. Wow, having Lamar Jackson back, happy and paid, I'll take the over. I think Baltimore, as they always do, wins 10 games or more and goes to the playoffs. Buffalo, for my Bills Mafia watching in Western New York, the last two seasons, and on this show, I predicted Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. They were my Super Bowl pick the last two years. They will not be again. But I like Buffalo here over the total of 10.5. The Bills win at least 11, book it and lock it. We move to the Carolina Panthers, 7.5 for the new quarterback, 7.5 minus 110. I'll take Carolina in the under. Wouldn't be shocked if they won eight or nine games. They got a good young quarterback in Bryce Young, but I'm going to take the under there. Another surprise under Cincinnati. I think they're one of the most overhyped teams out there. Great quarterback, great receiver in chase. I don't think that they're getting much better every year. This team, to me, is no juggernaut. They'd have to win 12 games. They have it at 11 and a half. I'll take the under on the Bengals. They'll go to the playoffs, and they'll win 10 or 11. I don't have them at 12. Cleveland, as I told you earlier, eight and a half. The over minus 175. Cleveland, I'll take the under. The Bears, 
Bears are going to be good in a couple of years, but not this year. Bears number eight and a half minus the over 170. Excuse me, Bears seven and a half over minus 120. I'll take the under with the Chicago Bears. Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. What do we do with the Cowboys? They're chasing the Eagles. The Eagles schedule is brutal. Brutal. Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half. Cowboys win at least 10 games. Take it now. Take the Cowboys to go over that number. Dallas wins at least 10 games. Oh, man. Want to talk about a love fest going on. How'd everybody do with the over-under on Denver? How'd these frauds do in Denver the last couple of years? Will the Raider Nation unite? The Raiders fired two coaches. The Raiders fired Vic Fangio, right? And Nate Hackett. Not because they lost to Kansas City. They lost to the Raiders. If you lose 6-7 to to the Raiders, they clean house. Denver taken down to the studs. They bring in Sean Payton. Russell Wilson's no longer fat. Say it with me, fat. He's leaning down a little bit. Fat. So I'm going to give Denver some credit, even though they're overhyped and everybody got it wrong the last couple of years. Denver, the Denver Broncos, eight Broncos and a half. Country. Let's rock. Mm. I'm going to give them respect and give them the over on that one. Detroit, nine and a half, which means they have to win 10. Detroit winning 10 games. Everybody thinks everybody's going to roll over and give the. You had Jared Goff winning 10 or more games? That's a tough one. I do. I have the Motor City of Detroit going over the number. Detroit wins 10. A Packers 7.5, which means they have to win 8. Yeah, I think Jordan Love can win 8 games year one. They got a good roster on both sides of the ball. Green Bay, 7.5 is the number over minus 130. I'll take the over. I'm going to take the over on Houston. Houston, 5.5. Can they win 6 games? Yeah, I think they'll win three that they're supposed to win. They'll trip into a couple of more. Kansas City, the reigning champs. Kansas City, over an 11 and a half. Too much respect. I've seen them come into Vegas and slaughter the Raiders. I've watched their big games. I think it's going to get tougher for them, but not this year. Kansas City, over 11 and a half. They win 12 to 13. Chargers, another team. You, you think being... One of the leaders, undisputed leaders of the Raider Nation. I'm going to give the Chargers an over on anything. The numbers set beautifully by Vegas. Chargers, nine and a half, which means they have to win ten. I'll take the under on the Chargers. I think they'll win nine games. I think they'll be injured as always, and I think they'll underachieve. The Rams, seven and a half. Can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm in L.A. Rams are probably better than you think, but quarterback, they're going to be able to run it. What are they going to be able to do well? Jalen Ramsey gone? Oh, Rams under seven and a half. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Let's roll to the uh, Jaguars. Probably my boldest prediction today inside the jungle on CBS Sports Radio. I'll take the Jags over nine and a half. That means the Jags got to win 10. I think they're getting better. Duval! Duval! I'll go over. Again, Raider Nation unite with as more Raider fans in L.A. than Ram fans and Chargers combined. Fact, not fiction. And happy birthday yesterday to Al Davis, the Maverick born on the 4th of July. Raiders are better than you think. No one knows their depth on offense. We'll leading back. rusher. Leading rusher. They'll tag him or get a deal done. Jimmy G will be ready to go. You think Jimmy G is going to lose? lose? Win only six or seven? <clears throat> Raiders over seven and a half. Book it and lock it and thank me around Christmas time. 
I'm going to leave the Dolphins and get back to them. That's my hottest take, I believe. Uh, Vikings under eight and a half. New England over seven and a half. I think Matt Jones is going to play good ball this year, and I don't think New England's done. I think New England's going to bring in another offensive player there. New Orleans, Derek Carr, friend of the show, leaves the Raiders after nine years. I think Derek's going to take advantage of the schedule. I think the schedule is going to lift Derek Carr to 10 wins. Don't know what will happen in the playoffs. I like New Orleans over nine and a half. Big, blue, wrecking crew. The New York football giants, eight and a half season win total under 135. Are you kidding me? Giants went to the playoffs with Daniel Jones. They're going back. They're going back to the playoffs. Take the Giants and the over. J-E-T-S. Mess, mess, mess. The addition of Aaron Rodgers makes this fascinating to me. Makes it fascinating. The number's too high. Jets, nine and a half. They need to win 10. The over at minus 140. I'll take the Jets and the under. Jets will be good this year. Competitive right down to the final week. I don't think they win 10. Eagles or Eagles, however you say it. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. I'm going to take the under. Here's why. The schedule is brutal with a B. I think the Eagles can win the division with 10. It's going to come down to the last week or two with the Cowboys. The number's too high for me for the Eagles. I know a lot of people are going to take the over. It's minus 165. Niners 11 and a half. Are you a believer in Purdy? What happens if he regresses? They have nothing in the cupboard. Oh, Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold's going to win 12 games if they got to pull this kid? Niners have the best roster in football. Niners under 11 and a half. Easily make the playoffs. I'll take the Seahawks. Eight and a half. I'll take the over with the Seahawks. Pittsburgh, eight and a half. I'll take the under. Here's a surprise. Tampa Bay, number six and a half. They got to win seven. I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. My kid graduated from Oklahoma. I believe, I believe in Baker Mayfield fighting for his life and his future in the league. I like Baker Mayfield in the over. Let's go to the Titans. I like them over seven and a half. They're a well-coached football team. They're tough. They can run it down your throat. Washington Commanders under seven and a half. And back to the Dolphins. I put an asterisk here, everybody. Toughest selection for me. Nine and a half is the number. Nine and a half under 130 for Miami. I'm going to take the over with Vic Fangio, with what Mike McDaniel's doing with the offense, what they're going to be able to do with two. I'm really rooting for Tua to stay healthy. I'd like to see him healthy overall and play at a high level. So I think the Dolphins could be one of the surprise teams this year if they don't face injuries. Miami is what the Chargers usually are. Team that gets injured, they're supposed to take the next step. I like them doing it. How fast did that hour go? We rolled by. We got Chris Myers, Damon Bruce, Olden Polonies. You don't think I bring a murderer's row into Orange County, into Costa Mesa, before I hit the road? Dial the number now. We'll get you up. 800-636-8686. At JT the Brick on Twitter and Facebook. Back in the jungle. JT, back with you. Hour number two in the jungle here in Southern California. I hope you and your family had a fantastic 4th of July. I hope it was safe. I'll get into firework guy later. I ran into one of those local guys last night as I was trying to get some sleep. As I was driving from Encinitas here up to Costa Mesa today. We'll jump into that in a little bit. But Chris Myers always comes in, joins me all the time on my platforms, especially when I'm in the jungle. From the NFL on Fox, MLB on Fox, NASCAR on Fox, the multi-Emmy award winner. Chris, I hope you had a good fourth. How was it for you and the family? 
It was great. Relaxing, a little pool, a little pickleball. I got some uh, golf in. The sun was shining, so I can't kick about that. It was really nice. No injuries. Yeah, yeah, no celebrate. injuries. No injuries with pickleball, right? You're not lunging <laughs> yeah, too much, yeah. going back. It's, pickleball is a good sport to play at any age. Yes, but but the physical therapy industry is, uh, <laughs> says, hey, keep keep playing pickleball because we, we all think we're younger than we are, and so we go for it yeah. and we die, but we pull a hamstring <laughs> and we end up in PT. But it's fun. It's worth it. Chris, I want to jump into Otani. I was at the ballpark in San Diego for that game where Trout got hurt. I know you were broadcasting too. Tell me about that and the impact it has. Trout getting injured, Chris, in the batter's box on a foul ball, not a pitch that hit him in the hand at 98 miles an hour. I could see that. What a fluke injury for Trout, and that could derail the season and maybe get Otani on the trade block earlier than later. How do you see it? Yeah, no, I think you're on to something. And, look, the Angels were already in trouble before the Trout injury. They they just don't have enough pitching, and, and Rendon hasn't done enough around them. He hasn't healthy enough, hasn't delivered what he's been in there. Uh, so they couldn't rely on him. And, and there are some other teams that were just playing a lot better in the American League to even get them into the, the postseason, a three-time MVP. And, and Trout's usually been an Ironman. I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. But um, the, the Otani story is interesting because there was talk last year when they really didn't want to trade him, when some, a team called that was serious and said, what will it take? And reportedly the Angels said, uh, you know, your top 10 prospects. And they said, wow, we can't, all right, we're sorry. We're not, we're not doing that. We love Otani, but we are in Otani seeing, and I, and I was listening and watched when, when you opened the show, I mean, this is a once in a, in a, in a generation, once in a lifetime player, and even beyond the comparisons of Babe Ruth in, in, in today's day and age. And I, I think, JT, when you talk about what he's going to be paid, um, you know, how, how long is the contract? Are they going to pay him for both, right, pitcher and hitter? And then, and then how do they balance that? How long can he keep this pace up? I mean, I've asked some pitchers, some other players, hitters about it, and it, it's an interesting question. But he certainly is – he's a guy who's changed baseball in terms of what to see. It's unfortunate we won't, we won't see him pitching. In the, in the all-star game, but the angels, uh, yeah, I've uh, unfortunate. It just seems like they can't do the right thing. And, and I'm with you on the Dodgers being, if they don't, if he doesn't sign with the Dodgers or at least get traded to the Dodgers, whoever the deal is for, uh, they're going to obviously want to have a contract if, if they're making a, giving up a lot to get them at this point. Otherwise, I, I don't see him staying uh, with the Angels beyond his contract. Chris Myers is our guest. So I want to go back to Trout and how unfortunate this is with the $400 million contract, Chris, because he could have got 380 390 400 if he left the Angels when he was supposed to leave the Angels, but he got an offer he couldn't refuse. I, I, I understand why he signed that extension, but if he let that extension go, the money still would have been there. He could have played maybe for the Yankees, played for Philadelphia in the region he grew up with, and now he's an immovable object here. I don't know what to say about Trout anymore because he had the ability to be a, a Lou Gehrig, maybe not Mays, Aaron Ruth, but a Lou Gehrig, all-time great player, and now he's leaving at bats at the plate every year. It's just so unfortunate that a great player has so many fluke injuries. No, you're right. And, and it, you know, we're all different in terms of what's important to us at the time with what we want to do. And the money was there. I think he liked where he was in the organization. I thought he did believe that the Angels would – make the moves necessary to, to get into the postseason. I mean, it is pathetic that a guy like Trout has been in really one postseason series. But there's a whole entire audience that tunes in in October for baseball greatness. And this is what Otani, I'm sure, or at least his mind, and he's thinking about it, uh, that with, with Trout, we, we, we kind of get ripped off in that sense. And, and, and whether it bothers him or not, and, and it made me think, JT, and you're, 
historic. You know, you think of great players who didn't, you know, obviously Marino, who Dan Marino in football, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but at least he played in one. You go back historically, Ernie Banks, I mean, he was as great as he was, and he broke a lot of barriers, the great shortstop, set a record for, for greatness, but, but for great players who hadn't even appeared in a postseason game. You, you, just, you just don't want that in today's day and age with so many teams at least having an opportunity with wild cards to get into the postseason and make a run in, in, in October. And, and that relates to Otani. It's unfortunate we're Trout, and maybe he'll get a chance somewhere if they decide to make some trade to, to get on a team that gets into the playoffs and then gets to the, to the big stage. But I, I think Otani, he wants to win. I mean, he's a humble guy. Uh, and his whole life, everything he does is in and around baseball and, and to give his best when he can be out there. And, and, and that's why, uh, boy, those two on one team and the team not going to a playoff, it's, it's embarrassing. Chris Myers is our guest. Dustin May, the Dodgers, needs elbow surgery again. Chris, I think they have to do something. It's a year with the Baltimore Orioles and Cincinnati was hot at the time. Arizona's hot. I mean, Mookie Betts, the payroll that the Dodgers have, the volume of fans and revenue that they have at Chavez Ravine, you're based in Los Angeles. You hear it locally and nationally. You think the Dodgers are going to step up? They have to get another pitcher. I mean, the pitchers that they have aren't elite. You can't count on an aging Clayton Kershaw and the rest of this pitching staff and they lose one of their starting five. What do you think the Dodgers need to do? Yeah, I mean, they, I think their philosophy was we can trot out guys in numbers, and Kershaw's back. He's on the injured list, although he was having a terrific year. You're right, at, at the, the wear and tear. Yeah, their pitching, which was, they led the league at ERA last year. I mean, this year, major drop-off in all areas. The bullpen, or at least getting, they don't have that defined closer, even though they have some young arms that can get the job done. I could see them making some deals for, you know, maybe a Joe Kelly or bring some of those middle relievers back to help. But, yes, a frontline pitcher, who's out there? Who's available? Maybe I heard of Shane Bieber, you know, maybe a guy like that. But, yes, I, I think the Dodgers will do something at the trade deadline to improve their pitching. And maybe, depending upon Miguel Rojas, maybe maybe a move at shortstop. There might be some guys available that they would make a move on if they think they need to, to bulk up there or improve. But they'll do something. And, and, I mean, they've kind of been languishing. Arizona's a surprise team. But I expect the Dodgers – look, the Braves are the team to beat, and that's just because of their winning streak and their record in the National League. Incredible balance. Uh, but the Dodgers will be there. It looks like they'll be a postseason team, and they'll make a major deal. We move to the NFL with Chris Myers, the great broadcaster, NFL on Fox. I want to start with the Jets. I just did a segment on season win totals, and the Jets, their over is at 9.5. They'd have to win 10. They're in the division with Buffalo. I still think Buffalo wins the division. The Patriots – not sure exactly how many wins, but they'll compete with the Jets. And I think the Dolphins could be the best team in that division. Are you buying into the hype that you're seeing with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? No, I'm not. I'm not. And all you have to do is uh, look past at, at, at a different situation, but the Broncos and uh, Russell Wilson and what happened before. Look, despite Rodgers, and I get in New York, but the overhype is, is ridiculous here. I mean, the Jets were, what, a nine-win team last year, so they're close. But they're close to a playoff spot. They're not a Super Bowl team, even with Aaron Rodgers. Let's be realistic here. We, we don't know how well that's going to fit in. And I, I think you hit on it. I, Vic Fangio, a secret weapon with the Dolphins as their defensive coordinator, that's his specialty. You'll see a major difference whether they add uh, Dalvin Cook or not. You still have Buffalo. So uh, getting into the playoffs, maybe for the Jets, but the AFC is loaded, as you know, with star quarterbacks. And, and the top three teams are the, are the Chiefs, the, the Bills, and the Bengals. So where else you figure in? And even in that, uh, that AFC East, 
I mean, that's a difficult, even with Bill Belichick, whatever he has, he's going to make things difficult. So this is not the Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to roll through the, uh, you know, the, the NFC like uh, in, in my division like I did in the past. It's a lot tougher challenge for the Jets. So I, I'm just not seeing it. Maybe a, not a 10-win season, but is that good enough to get into the playoffs and then where do they go from there? Chris Myers is our guest, NFL on Fox. The Eagles and the Cowboys were separated by two games. Dallas was 12-5, and Eagles 14-3. and I don't think the Eagles can win 14 games this year only because of their schedule. It's loaded, beginning, middle, and end. I think they're going to trip in a couple of games, especially road games. Handicap that division for me with the Cowboys and the Eagles. You think the Cowboys can overtake the Eagles or Jalen Hurts stays up on top for a while there in the NFC East? Yeah, no, and it's fun to talk with training camps opening here and you start prepping, you know, looking ahead and, I like it. The Eagles are the team to beat in the in the NFC overall. I, I just, you know, going into the year, based, and, and they'll be, so you're right, you make your point about the schedule. There'll be some teams adjusting to Jalen Hurts, who was tremendous in the way that they use him in the run pass game. I think you're going to see some teams try and copy that with their players that are similar in, in, in ability, but they're obviously not, not Jalen Hurts. So I, I, I see the Cowboys applying the pressure. The, the Giants did a lot with a little. They were a very well-coached team. <laughs> Who knows what Washington's about? So it looks like a like a two team race, uh, and I I just still think that the Eagle defense and the way that they're coached and the way that organization is run that they're going to finish ahead of Dallas and, and be the team to be. Now in the NFC, as far as who who comes the closest, I, I think that Forty Nine er team is loaded with with talent, and whether it's Brock Purdy or and they showed that you know even in a passing league. Uh, you, you know, you, you could still get by with just a, a, an above-average quarterback. And I think the Sam Darnold deal is uh, not that you have to count on him, mm-hmm. but just like Brock Purdy stepped in, uh, I think that there's something there in terms of uh, him being a guy who could put together a run if they needed him to keep them uh, into the uh, not only the NFC West, which will be challenging with Seattle, but, but a team that might be able to knock off, if they're healthy, an Eagle team in the playoffs. Wrapping it up with Chris Myers, NFL on Fox. It's interesting to me in the AFC West, Kansas City, the way they run that organization from ownership through Andy Reid, the players that they replace, and I'm talking offense and defensive line, a lot of teams, Chris, as you know, can't get that right and thread the needle. They lose players to free agency, and they replace them with the right type of players, and potentially a DeAndre Hopkins type player who wants to play for a little bit less but win a ring. You think Kansas City just stays on top for a while because in the AFC West, they're gunning for them. I mean, the Raiders have struggled against them. The Chargers are trying to get over the hump. And Denver, they're not in a rebuild, but mentally they are with a new head coach and a quarterback trying to get back on track. You think it's that easy again for the Chiefs in the AFC? Yeah, I do. I do think it's that easy for the division for the, the Chiefs. And then it'll get a little bit more difficult. I mean, Mahomes is really the difference maker and I'm stating the obvious but that even as great as a as a Josh Allen can play or a Joe Burrow he still separates with his team and his coach and, and Andy Reid I, I keep thinking if the Chiefs stumble it's going to be because of their defense and somebody will be able to take advantage of, uh, of that in other words it'll control the clock and that's how that Kansas City got knocked out the last time and then obviously when the Bucks beat him in the Super Bowl but that was that was a while ago and they and they've since made adjustments and got younger and, and more athletic in, in, in some areas. So, uh, yes, uh, they, they, they're vulnerable, but they're still the team to beat, not just in the division, uh, at least at this point going into the year. And this isn't just my opinion. It's talking to some other people from around the league who, who study and have to play this team. They're, they're the team to beat for the Super Bowl, at least going into the, the training camp in the offseason here to wrap it up. Chris, finally, I want to get in NASCAR. Again, no one does NASCAR better than Fox. I repeat, no one does NASCAR better than you and your team. 
team there, but they just had a road race in Chicago. We see the clash in the race they have at the Coliseum. I wanted to ask you about the sport in general as they're now competing against F1 that's getting more popular. And in hockey, they have the Winter Classic where they go outside and play and it works. Should NASCAR have more of these road races coming up in and around big cities? Is that a trend that we should be looking forward to in the future? Yeah, well, they've expanded road and, and listened to their fans about some mm-hmm. short track racing and, and some road courses. I mean, we, we had the Sonoma race, which always uh, does well for fans and, and drivers. It's it's unique in that regard. But the Chicago street race in, a, in downtown of the city, I, I, I think it, it, it was a lot to pull off. It was a gutsy effort. And, and part of this, you know, prompted F1 is doing this and coming more into America with mm-hmm. Vegas and Miami and where they've they've run successful, but it's the great American sport NASCAR, and I and I, I think they're they're trying to find locations. You might see as, as well as that street race went. Other uh, they might try the Meadowlands in in New Jersey. There's some they talked about maybe New Orleans running a, a street race, and uh, the overall view is a good thing that they're trying different tracks, different locations, so that fans are getting an assortment of a of a street race, a road course. Uh, a short track, and then of course the super speedways like uh, Daytona and and Talladega. So and, and and the sport is doing well. I mean, the the newer car now in its second year has created greater competition and chances for for drivers to step up, even if they don't have powerhouse teams like Hendrick or or Penske or Gibbs. Thank you, Chris. You don't take a break. Most NFL broadcasters dive into this time of year and they disappear. You're double dipping, a little baseball, busy, everything coming up. What do you got coming up here? We'll follow you on the gram and Twitter, but what do you got going on in the next couple of weeks? Well, a little downtime. We have our big Fox NFL seminar where we gather everybody from the studio to the remote, the producers, directors, the people who work so hard behind the scenes to help us put on uh, the, the shows and, and the games and the broadcast. And we go over rules and Mike Carrera and Dean Blandino and when league officials come in and we go over some of our, our uh, the graphics and the things that people see that, that try to respond to what fans like and what we can do better every year to make the NFL broadcast. So that's that's in the next week or so. And then some studio baseball before Buccaneers preseason with Hall of Famer Rondé Barber will be calling their TV games as we have for, uh, for many years. And congrats to him. Looking forward to the Hall of Fame class. And then we're into the NFL season, which is always fun. And I'll see you during that time. Always appreciate you, Chris. Thanks so much coming in after the 4th of July. Uh, appreciate the friendship right. and you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Keep up the good work on the radio. I love listening to you. Thank you. That's Chris Myers, one of the better broadcasters out there for a long time. Remember Chris on Up Close and the shows that he did on ESPN. And I'd like to go down that road here, but there's network on network crime. You know, ESPN got rid of a lot of talent, right? ESPN got rid of a few of my friends who were working there for a while, just got rid of them and didn't renew them. And Chris made the pivot from ESPN to Fox, Big Fox and FS1. I think it's been one of the best broadcast moves for an individual broadcaster who was great on SportsCenter, really good on the interview shows, can do play-by-play in multiple sports. I mean, that's what you're seeing now in broadcasting to take you behind the curtain. If you don't have an opportunity, if you're an anchor and you're just sitting at a desk and you don't do college football, you're not able to do hockey like my buddy Steve Levy, you're not able to pivot and do other things, you're going to get let go. And you've seen a lot of broadcasters here. I guess the day of the smack-off, Alvin was telling me, was Black Friday the at ESPN. smack-off. Yes. So that was an interesting day. Karma, jungle karma. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there with that, but I will just tell you that was a really unique day. I got calls from buddies inside ESPN the day they got the call. And anybody in broadcasting who's been there, that's tough to get that call when it happens. Chris? Chris doesn't get many of those calls, man. He's one of the best out there. We'll have Damon Bruce at the bottom of the hour. I always put on a fellow sports talk host 
when I fill in for Jim because there's nothing better than a sports talk host. Good night now!